0: CrossEngage Podcast. Hi, my name is Michael. Welcome to CrossEngage Podcast. Niels Weber, founder of the digital business optimization company Nexus, is an expert in transforming the digital makeup of companies worldwide. Niels has an extensive professional background in the field as well as an academic presence, writing and publishing regularly in tandem with his fellow experts. Certainly, one of the most interesting people we could talk to about company strategy, organization, and technology. Hi, Niels. Uh, as the founder of Nexus Business Centric, you are experienced in implementing marketing technology. At CrossEngage, we always recommend a threefold framework when implementing a CDP, which consists basically of three layers, which is strategy, organization, and of course technology, our solution. From your experience, um, I guess it makes little sense to implement a tool when the first two pillars, which is strategy and organization, aren't set up properly. So you guys, you follow this approach. Can you somehow outline briefly um, before we dive deeper into the three topics? Uh, how they, this looks like at Nexus?
1: Right. Thanks, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a great opportunity. And um, actually, we, we follow pretty much the right, the similar approach, um, um, except there's one difference. When we look at the three dimensions, we label strategy as actual um, economical. And um, as part of that, we look at the strategic forces that uh, drive further top-line growth at our clients because that's our main obje- objective. Uh, while looking at data-driven marketing and CRM.
0: So what does this mean when you when you uh, operationalize this uh, economic level? What is behind this?
1: So as part of that, we look at uh, what are the costs per lead today, how can a data-driven automatic engagement move the prospects faster and more pleasantly for the customer as well through the funnel uh, and therefore turn them into customers faster and cheaper for our clients. And uh, what we actually find is that um, there are even quicker wins in increasing the share of wallet with uh, existing customers versus re-engaging uh, with former prospects, and um, therefore segmenting and re-engaging with former prospects leads to, you know, a better ROI on marketing spend um, compared to refilling the funnel and moving the customers through the to the entire funnel again.
0: Now, making one step back again, talking about strategy, the first pillar uh, we wanted to talk about. Um, for you, what is really important when you go to a client and start setting up a marketing and CRM strategy? What's the per- first thing you usually talk about?
1: Well, the first thing is that um, customer focus and customer success orientation is actually the main, the main thing that the organization and that especially the c level needs to comprehend. So in the end, that means that um, understanding who the customers are, what they need and desire and what we want to provide them with in terms of an experience Um, So in the end, improve this experience when buying and using the products and services. And um, with the CDP, uh, in this context, we are capable to measure the experience and interact with the customers based on these experienced events. Um, And this is obviously where we start to look at what the actual customer journey looks like. So you have a closer look on
0: what the companies uh, are already doing, I guess, uh, and then also how the new way of the customer funnel should look like. Um, Is there things you usually observe that just go wrong all the time, like pitfalls that you observe every time and you can easily wipe
1: out? Well, that's not something that actually goes wrong, but um, mostly when we start talking to our customers, uh, they've put a lot of effort into you know, creating customer personas and thinking about messages that they want to convey. Um, and while we love the creativity of customer persona creations and the workshops um, and delivering the right messages to them via the right channels, um, the data we collect later often tells us a different story. Um, so, what that means is that often the picture is more moderate when we look at the actual data points um, and we learn a lot about how the clients actually purchase and use the services and products and um, I mean maybe this is not the most academic answer with regards to strategy um, but with the technology and hands such as cross engage I would tell any CEO or chief revenue officer to not strategize for too long um, but rather put the people who know the customer best in one room Uh, you know let them create a list of uh, existing interactions rank them with regards to the potential for improvement and then um, it will be pretty easy to determine the efforts um, that are necessary to achieve them and the resulting impact and cost metrics, you know, will, uh, will tell you where to start, where to focus in the uh, mid-term, in the long-term. And um, I mean, the first step to do that is actually start tagging the interactions, uh, the events that you, that you have with your customers, um, measure when and how your prospects turn into customers, and then, you know, you can sketch out the real customer journey. Um, and based on that, you can start changing the way you engage and start mixing, you know, certain elements of communication in order to, to drive customer engagement and to increase your, your lifetime value. And, um, you know, lastly, it's important to, you know, keep iterating. I mean, it's uh, kind of like a phrase, but um, it's not because you have gotten it wrong or in the first place, but um, the actual consumption behavior might have changed again by then.
0: So if personas are not really the right point to start with finding a new strategy or optimising your existing strategy. Uh, how does this look like when you consult people? Is it a workshop where you kick off this process or how does it look like?
1: So oftentimes we, we actually start with personas um, because that's what the client has already prepared. And um, uh, what we do in operationalizing is looking at what data points can actually represent and measure these kind of personas. And um, oftentimes we use this strategic segmentation as a starting point. And then challenge this bottom-up by looking at what I just mentioned, the actual customer behavior that we can then track via uh, via first-party tracking, via integrating different uh, types of data sources. And um, what we then see is that, you know, kind of like a lot of micro-segments emerge from that, um, that are a lot more granular, and then we start working with that.
0: Okay, I think that's it for for the strategy part now. As you mentioned, uh, you're a big fan of operationalizing this and not just working on the theory. Uh, but the next thing is uh, talking about the organization. Um, what would you say? Which organizational aspects um, does this imply when you operationalize the strategy now?
1: Uh, that's a good question. So uh, if historically, from a background, I'm I'm coming from consulting, and I've done a lot of uh, change management work and projects. Um, that are always a very important part of, a, of a, also of a technical transformation or technology transformation. And uh, first of all, you know, you need to uh, you need to create an atmosphere for the team uh, in which the success of the past is acknowledged, but it's not taken for granted. And um, based on that, you need to you know work with the organization and establish the belief that the new way of working will lead to future success. And um, once that's been done, you need to create an you know understanding that holistic customer engagement is what the customer actually expects and deserves um, nowadays. And uh, with more and more pricing models changing to subscription-based, pay-per-you-based business model, um, the economic structure changes. Um, so customer loyalty be- actually becomes a key economic driver, and um, based on that, you need to build a team that is empowered and that is capable. Um, to communicate and interact across the entire life cycle of the customer. So it always affects the entire client-facing organization, which is a, which is a big challenge um, because you need to have a very broad understanding and broad involvement and engagement in the projects.
0: Is it an easy task to convince people that something has to change in their daily work uh, processes?
1: Uh, it's absolutely not because um, when you look at how marketing has emerged historically, Um, There was a very strong focus on on marketing channels, so email, social, uh, mobile. And and nowadays, it's actually more about taking a different look, taking a look at the customer across lifecycle stages. So a lot of people might have to sacrifice some of their independence and um, actually start collaborating more with other channel owners. And um, this is oftentimes something where, People have already put in place certain technologies that they were happy with um, and to change that is always a, a tough process because sometimes it affects just their pride because they've been responsible for introducing a certain system into the organization.
0: Um, once you achieve that, uh, the goal that they basically understand that it's important to change something. How, in the end, would the team look like that's perfectly or that represents perfectly the new way of communicating to people instead of looking at channels, more looking at the, like what kind of goal you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. How does this team or setup look like?
1: Well, first of all, it's, it really it comes down to orchestration in this context, and this is you know what the CDP does technologically. Um, and in order to have a well-orchestrated well customer journey, experience, communication, um, you know the team needs to be orchestrated as well. Um, and based on that, the orchestration, you know, does not mean that everyone needs to be aligned towards one target, and then the whole team is trained until they are able to hit this target. But it rather means that you know you need a team setup and you need a process that is capable of adjusting to the target. Um, and relies on, you know, one common understanding of a repeating process, right? And um, our belief is that the best way to do so is in applying the actual principles of Scrum, Mm -hmm. which has um, historically been used a lot in software development processes. Um, And now we are also applying it to the way in which marketing teams work together. You know, but before actually going into the into the how, let's you know maybe get back to your question and uh, you know define the the who. Um, so what's important from our perspective is that um, the brand or the product manager um, actually prioritize the targets and um, the customer segments that are supposed to be to be targeted, mm-hmm. and um, they need to be available for the team. Uh, they need to be able to clarify open questions along the way. Um, and based on that, we always establish, you know, a daily uh, daily routine or at least a twice a week communication routine, which is ideally face to face. Although we've actually also found that um, virtually via video works really, really great. Um, and then, you know, looking at what's also important in, in in data-driven marketing is that content generation is often a bottleneck. So. The resources um, for content creation and production need to be available. That's really important. And then once the CDP is implemented um, uh, across the channels, um, the technical tasks basically generally drop down. So initially you have a lot of uh, tech involvement where you need to um, set up the data ingest, where you need to set up the channel integrations. But uh, once that has been done, it's more about adding new events to the... To the platform or to the website so that's where the product team and the marketing team need to work really closely together um, and you know the final key question is actually <laughs> who puts it all together and um, from our perspective that's always a campaign management type of person um, it's like I said in former times you know marketing organizations have been divided by the channels um, so today we recommend to shift that focus um, and to rather focus on different life cycle stages of the customer. So, you know, you will have one person managing all campaigns for customer acquisition, one person managing all campaigns for customer onboarding, uh, another person responsible for customer satisfaction, re-engagement, um, and so on. And um, on top of that, you know, another buzzword type hype topic is data science, but we really truly believe in that. Um, and we found that in a lot of projects... Um, data science models can actually yield really interesting triggers for automated marketing campaigns. Um, you know, calculating churn probabilities, churn risks, um, detecting whether s- u- users have a certain interest in a product, um, and um, this then serves as you know a trigger to drive them into the into a, a campaign kind of um, setup.
0: And so now you mentioned that, that Scrum is your favorite method or process of uh, implementing uh, the campaign ideas um, you might have. How does this process then look like?
1: That's right. So, um, you know, firstly, you know, you need to let the team and it might be depending on the size of your marketing team and your organization and budget. It might also be a virtual team. doesn't need to be a, a real team as part of the line organization but they work in two-week sprints um, based on a backlog that is actually built, a campaign backlog. And um, in building the backlog, like I said, we also follow a three-step approach coming from the business problem, defining the UX, implementing the technology. And um, in detail, that means that the campaign manager um, defines the hypothesis um, and the interactions that they want to improve um, and also by which measure they would like to do that. Um, So, based on that, they write up use cases um, that end up in the backlog and the campaign managers then prioritize these backlogs um, uh, together with product, brand, and the channel managers or whoever owns um, the business performance. And then in the first sprint, generally, the um, content generators detail out the use cases. Uh, We generally call them user journey stories. And based on that, um, they are reviewed by the campaign team um, and depending on the importance of the message... Um, maybe also brand and um, once that is done they are ready for implementation Um, and once they they are ready for implementation um, based upon the user journey stories um, the technical team will then be able uh, and capable to define the needed events uh, that are needed to be implemented by product so the technical actual integration and um, once that's done the user journey stories are, uh, um, are handed over um, from the technical team to the content team, and the content team can then produce uh, maybe alternate uh, the needed contents that are that are part of this campaign and then um, based on that, the campaign manager actually orchestrates this um, implements this in the CDP and the channel tools, um, and you know as part of the process of initial part of the process, the data scientists you know provide this intelligence and analytics guys of uh, how past campaigns have performed and um, what enhancement measures could be, could be driven. Um, and they are then also added as part to the backlog. So iterating on the campaigns um, are also uh, new backlog items. And um, from our experience, it takes around three sprints, so about six weeks, uh, to implement a new campaign, from the first ideation um, to the actual launch and the, the first engagement with the customer. Um, that's speaking of relatively complex campaigns now
0: these two-week sprints, does it mean that you send out a new campaign every two weeks or is it also optimizing the existing campaigns or the ones you do plan for a longer time?
1: That's a combination of both, like I mentioned. So um, that all becomes the backlog, iterating, optimizing on existing campaigns um, and launching new campaigns. And um, it, as part of that, the, the work packages are derived for the sprint. So, uh, what might be the case is that you know within one sprint you launch several campaigns, but there might also be sprints where you don't launch any campaign because you're just working on new stuff, you're developing new stuff, and um, uh, like I said, to to create a new complex campaign from scratch, it might take two to three sprints. Um, so the outcomes differ, and that's always um, the the responsibility of the of the campaign manager who kind of acts like the product owner for this um, to select the right tasks um, for each sprint to actually deliver business value as part of every sprint.
0: Again, once you set up a process with a new organizational setup behind it, uh, it's quite hard to maintain the new spirit that you try to introduce for a longer time. Is this really a challenge?
1: That is a challenge because um, it is shifting the mindset from being task-focused to being flow-focused rather. Um, so in, in agile, uh, in the software development process, it's all about the flow and the throughput. Um, and this is really a different mindset compared to working with uh, checklists and working down uh, task lists. And um, oftentimes marketing organizations don't have that understanding yet.
0: Does maybe data science and input they provide, like new insights you didn't have before, help to actually yeah, maintain this uh, focus towards this new flow?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's always the starting point. So looking at you know, the way to create a campaign backlog, we again have a, a you know, three-step uh, approach uh, coming from the business problem, so defining the business problem or the business opportunity, deriving what the suitable UX would be, and um, then finally implementing the right technology to, you know, realize this this business opportunity. And the data science and analytics guys actually um, provide feedback on past performance of campaigns. um, And like I said, important trigger points. So this is Really ingrained in the in the agile marketing process that we implemented our clients because it's always the starting point in you know mapping out the business problem
0: now you talked about CDPs and technology a lot already, so let's focus on this third topic. Um, what should companies from your point of view consider when they screen a technical solution like a CDP
1: so I think before looking at a CDP, um, companies need to make sure that they understand which infrastructure and uh, architecture approach suits them best so some of the larger ERP and CRM vendors have built a portfolio of marketing technology which in combination you know they now call a CDP Um, but this doesn't mean that it's actually a a unified solution Um, so some of the marketing clouds out there are effectively also only integrated solutions and um, other marketing tool providers like web personalization tools um, are now moving into the segmentation and audiencing space so They also label themselves CDPs. um, And if companies are truly engaging across multiple channels with their customers, um, they have to integrate data from different sources. You know, they have to uh, find that a good working set of communication tools is maybe in place already for each of the marketing channels. Um, And that based on that, you know, they need to have kind of like this bridging technology between data and channels. And um, so when considering you know, choosing the right solution, um, it's important to look at what standard data ingest features are, are out there um, on the data side of things, uh, which we call Access CDP. And then, um, because there's often marketing technology in place already on the on the engagement side, um, you also need to look for a tool that actually has the standard integrations with your existing marketing stack. Um, so what I just described is basically you know, the best-of-breed approach, which is something that we follow and see a lot because um, it, this is what contributes towards the main value proposition of a CDP, actually. If you help
0: companies to find out like what the perfect solution for their current tech stack or the future tech stack they want to have is, is it easy to find out what kind of is the best vendor out there on the market or is it such a complex task that even you would say, I really don't have a clue... Uh, and wouldn't find the right tool for everyone immediately?
1: It's not an easy thing. So currently we are involved in a lot of evaluation projects in actually selecting the right CDP tool. And um, this is due to the confusion that I just mentioned that is out there in the market. So what we generally do is, you know, we look at what the the strategic vision is, um, what the use cases are that are, you know, Paying towards the strategic vision along the customer uh, customer funnel and lifecycle, and then we derive you know which use cases require you know certain channel tools, which contents uh, are pushed in via these communication tools, uh, which data points do you need as triggers in this uh, context, and um, based on that we deduct the the data sources that are required. Um, we also deduct the channel tools that are required, and we draw this you know, holistic picture with segmentation as the bridging moment between these two. And um, this is something where we generally start, uh, you know, interviewing the C-level to understand these strategic business priorities. And then we work our way down uh, via marketing, via product, down to the tech guys. Um, We also, you know, work with BI guys who have historically worked with data warehouses um, and are now important stakeholders in, in selecting the right tools. Um, And this is basically, you know, also the the core focus where we see um, and benchmark the solutions across the three dimensions, uh, data ingest, segmentation, and then activation uh, via and across different channels. And then maybe at
0: some point you found your perfect solution and start implementing it. What's the? biggest challenges there so for example how long does it take Uh, what kind of stakeholders do you have to involve then Uh, are there also challenges usually every company faces
1: Um, yeah definitely um, because of the you know cross-channel nature of what a cdp is so you can think of it like an you know orchestrator um, in an opera basically being introduced into the marketing world um, so the initial implementation of a CDP, integrating it into the existing marketing tech landscape, um, you know, is like bringing a group of great musicians that have always played solos together, and now they're supposed to be, you know, a band or a bigger group. Um, and uh, first of all, you know, everybody has to accept and believe that um, by the orchestration, the music will be better in the end. Yeah, versus everyone doing it on their um, for themselves. And uh, once that is established, there are generally two streams of work. The first is uh, the IT stream, you know, that um, established the technical orchestration capability, and then the training of the team to get into the mode of cooperation that I outla- outlined previously. Mm-hmm. And um, the team that will be in charge of operating the CDP uh, will be trained, uh, generally by you know the software vendors themselves, and um, they are also trained on how to author the content for the different channels, how to Uh, integrate the event tracking in the existing product architecture so there's also tech involved and um, you know historically we've been able to, to get campaigns up and running in 10 to 12 weeks so what just, does this mean? Is it just basically the first campaigns they wanted to do or
0: really realizing the whole bunch of ideas they maybe have?
1: So that involved um, prioritizing the existing ideas and um, a two to three week setup period for the, for the project and for the technical architecture. And then we work in sprints, in two week sprints. And within you know, three, week, uh, three sprints, uh, if you want, we were able, you know, until go live, to, to launch the first campaign. Uh, in a productive system, but that obviously depends on the size of the customer data that is available and should be taken into consideration, uh, the amount of events that needs to be tracked and implemented by product, and um, the complexity of the use cases, obviously.
0: And from your experience, does it usually work that all the strategic ideas that were there in the first place, when you got to know a client, till then implementing it, that they finally reach all the goals they set up themselves? Or is there some trade-offs you have to expect?
1: Generally, there are, I wouldn't call them trade-offs, but uh, changes in priority because um, that's what I mentioned initially, that a lot of marketing teams in their head have a clear vision of who their customers are and how the customer lifecycle works and what the buying process looks like. Um, But once you actually uh, introduce the tracking, which is always the first step, um, you, get a, you get a clearer picture of what is actually happening and based on that um, uh, certain use cases that the teams ideated um, are actually not relevant anymore because you see that people don't even reach that stage of the journey so based on that the priorities change a lot and generally we, we implement around 70% of the use cases that are initially um, brainstormed um, just because they're deprioritized by the team
0: is there one common use case that basically every client you support wants to implement within the first days of the, the usage?
1: There are standard cases like uh, abandoned basket mails and stuff like this but um, to be honest we don't see them as, as big levers and um, in order to make the CDP implementation worthwhile um, we always urge our clients and uh, the team in the within our projects to uh, think big, and you know, we generally pitch up at the project with a, a huge vision of what marketing should look like. So we are working for one DIY chain, for example, um, that is facing challenges in the sense that the contact frequency with their customers is really low, um, and you know, in between the the bigger purchases where you may be renovating your bathroom, uh, your your slips look really small because you're just buying like a light bulb. And um, based on that, we uh, started tracking all of the customer interactions and developed a vision of what CRM could look like, how you can actually develop this kind of business into becoming a solution provider for, um, you know, for the home, basically. And um, based on that, we derived a big vision of what use cases should be implemented. So you know, going to the store, having a consultation with the people at the store, um, you get the, the brochure via print. Um, you get a push notification once you're in the store, recommending the right um, kind of consultant for you to help you with your project while you're busy doing it. Um, detecting the right moment and offering video chats, um, helping solve uh, challenges that arise during the implementation. While you, for example, building building your gardening shed, and um, this is then always serves as the the, the lighthouse that everyone is working towards and then you need to look at where you currently at and there's generally a huge gap and this is what where we derive like a migration plan where you add certain channels um, you add certain use cases and um, you know we find that a lot of the times we need to encourage our our clients to think big and to have that vision um, because only if you are communicating with your clients across channels at the right moment this is when it's a cdp is needed you don't need a cdp to you know just send out emails every now and again
0: now you mentioned some cases already that would be really a highlight in the customer journey uh, i guess um, from your personal experience now do you remember a really good or really bad example of a customer journey that uh, you still remember
1: I don't mean to brag, but um, the one that we actually implemented or are busy implementing with our client at the moment, um, the DIY chain, um, is actually, uh, from our point of view, state-of-the-art um, uh, journey where, you know, we drive the customer from inspiration, you know, driving the the desire to build your gardening shed or your pool or your fence or your outdoor kitchen, um, and we guide the customer along the entire uh, life cycle from inspiration um, through to the consultation of what products to buy, how to realize the project and then also help them while they are actually implementing and doing their project and um, uh, building their outdoor kitchen, for example. I think we did a great job uh, together with the client team in identifying the the moments that matter for clients along this journey and um, found the right channels and the right Messages to actually reach the customer at each step of this journey
0: But have you actually experienced a nice customer journey like this uh, yourself?
1: I think companies like FreeNow, for example um, Are actually doing a quite a good job there um, So FreeNow is as in my taxi um, Where you have great app features um, and engagement functionality that really makes the pro- process really smooth um, where you know you get reminded to call your cab at the right time. Um, where you get a reminder once the cab has actually uh, reached the pickup location. Uh, you don't have any hassle with your um, uh, with your invoices and stuff like this that are immediately sent to you. Um, so I think this is really a good case of uh, of guiding the customer uh, along the the, the customer's life cycle and. Um, really making it as smooth as possible. Nice, yeah. Thank you,
0: Niels, uh, for your insights on strategy, organization, technology, and even your personal experience. Um, yeah, thanks for telling us, and have a great day.
1: Thanks, Michael. Same to you. Engage Podcast.